Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Want to thank them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick from Pull String Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good Ah, morning. Good morning, Mark. Nice long weekend here. Is that what's going to happen? Well, you know, the person who's listened to it nine months from now doesn't really care. <laughs> uh, and I got a shout out to all of our friends. I'm going to give a big shout out to Alan. Alan, how are you, buddy? I was just mentioning him to my wife this morning. I think we should f- figure out how to weave photonics into our conversation today. Photo- that's the that's the secret word for us? It is the secret word. Right. So um, okay. our guest uh, today... I met I met these guys at TEDx LA a few months ago. Uh, they were introduced to me by a uh, a guest on the show in the past, Mike Panessis, from uh, Hub 101 down in Thousand Oaks, and they won the uh, Startup Weekend in Ventura County in 2016 for their startup called Rep Watch Tech. Um, I'd like you to meet Robert, Kyler, and John Ikudasi. Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? We're hey, good. How's it going? We're good. So we're we've got you on the phone, calling in from all the way down in Thousand Oaks in the lower part of the eight hundred five. Thanks for letting people know that that's not my microphone's doing that. That's <laughs> really nice of you. <laughs> so guys, tell me, t- uh, what, tell our listener what a startup weekend is. Um. So pretty much a startup weekend. Um, the main concept is to start a week um, to start a business uh, over the course of 54 hours. So um, over that weekend, um, some technical people and non-technical people come together and combine their skills to kind of solve existing problems in uh, various industries. And so um, as the weekend goes on, you create a whole pretty much business model, business plan, pitch deck, you kind of piece everything together, including validating that um, your product or solution is needed. Um, And by the end of the weekend, you pitch it to a panel of judges. Um, And typically the team that that has the most most likely to succeed startup or um, the most viable product or um, whatever the criteria is, they they, uh, they win. So we were definitely fortunate enough to win last year and um, we're, we're still going at it. So, uh, so I'm familiar with the concept. I think Startup Weekend is a, I don't know, if franchise is the right word, but it's a, because I don't think anybody's <laughs> making any money on it. But um, well, I mean, I guess the winners do when they go on the business. But um, it's you can go to I think it's startupweekend.org or .com, and you can find a Startup Weekend in your area. There, I mean, it, it seems like there the frequency is increasing. And you all get together. It starts on Friday night. How many people were in the in the initial cohort? I think about seventy to eighty. Wow. Yeah. So so it's a lot of people. And then and then what are the team sizes? Um, typically about six or seven, and then it kind of shrinks down after Friday night. To, for the real people, can wake up at a you know, really early in the morning on Saturday and really commit for the weekend. So typically teams are about four to five. Um, and then 
the type of people are it's very uh it's a very eclectic uh group of people now how many uh, how many members of the team are digital natives and how many are <laughs> digital immigrants by that i'm very nicely saying young people versus old people um i'd say it definitely varies depending on um a few factors such as the location of the startup weekend or uh, whether there's a particular vertical, so um, whether there's particular industries that that Startup Weekend is focused on um, finding solutions for. Um, in in our previous um, Startup Weekend last year, there was there there was definitely um, much more uh, older people. Uh, I believe we were probably the youngest. Um, yeah, there's only a couple. High school students, really. so, that's true. Yeah, so so it, it's kind of hard to gauge since there's a range of people, which is sure. great. You know, you how old are you? How old are you guys? Uh, we're twenty one and twenty two. Okay. At the time, we were uh, twenty and twenty one. Got it. And so, so the way I get it is, you did you come in with an idea, or is it you get there and you just kind of um, pitch ideas to one another? I mean, you know, you, you kind of assemble into teams and then pitch them more. Did you kind of show up with, with a flag ready to plant in the sand? Um, a little bit of both, but our idea kind of, uh, our idea specifically, our solution, uh, sprung about from us pivoting uh, quite a few times. W- was that pivot uh, within 54 hours you, you pivoted quite a few times? Yeah, exactly. See, so that's really interesting, right? <laughs> Is, is like within, you, you compress what might on the outside world be six, seven months to a year of kind of doing all the market validation and stuff, and then you, com- you just distill that into 54 hours. One of, the, yeah. w- one of the things that I don't understand exactly, because I, I understand market validation very well, um, but how do you do market validation, it feels like you're in a bubble or a vacuum uh, all sealed up. How do, you, how do you validate at, you know, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning when that's what you need to do? Yeah, very good point. Um, so fortunately, throughout the weekend, um, we're able to uh, leave um, pretty much the venue and go out and do some validation. And so I think a key um, factor is the fact that um, when you begin with the idea, you immediately go into validation and you have to get that feedback from whether it's potential end users or potential customers. Um, and that's exactly what we did. So we were able to um, go out Saturday, you know, split up as a team and get that validation, whether it's you know, come with, coming up with interview questions and getting that and sending out surveys. So it's, it's definitely possible, uh, whether the world is away. So how do you, so again, I'm going to stay on validation for a little bit because one of the things you're validating is your, is the idea. Is there a market for the idea? Is there an actual customer who wants to buy that thing that you have that um, you're also validating the, the model, the go-to-market strategy, the market itself, the, you know, the ideal customer, the avatar. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions you're making um, how when when you hit that first validation trip, how much of that did you have sorted? Um, pretty well. As a team, we kind of uh, 
destructed the problem and broke it down into kind of um, just sticking to the problem and uh, questions related to the problem just in case we needed to pivot and found a, uh, I guess, a new problem or that could our solution could tailor to. So um, essentially just finding that problem if there really is a problem and then essentially people would pay for the best solution to that problem and how much um, is where it came down to and asking as many people as we could within that time frame that fit our customer profile. Um, and so, yeah. So why don't we, let's, so let's start at what the winning idea was, but I want to get into that a little bit later, but I'm still want to stay on the startup weekend <laughs> bit. So rep watch tech. So the, the winning idea. And then what I'd like to hear is because you give me the three pivots, like what, we want to know what you ended up with and then walk us backward and then maybe what the changes were. Cause I think there's some, some learning for the person to understand what are, what are the kind of decision criteria you get? You go, Psh, we got to, we got to change. We got to pivot. So what's rep watch tech? Okay. Of course. Um, so rep watch is a medical technology company that, um, allows physical therapy patients to recover faster. And so the main component is um, to do with patient compliance. And uh, if you've ever been through physical therapy before, uh, you know the physical therapist tells you to do all of these exercises at home, but a majority of people don't actually do this. Seventy uh, percent of people actually. Did you say seventy percent? Seventy percent, yeah. Seventy percent of people don't actually fully comply with their plan of care um, when they're in physical therapy. And so we found that, of course, this leads to, um, you know, an extended recovery and an inefficient process when it comes to rehabilitation. So what we do is we allow um, physical therapy patients to track and implement their physical therapy from home. Um, so, for example, you injure you know, a specific part of your body, you um, put on a wearable, and you do exercises um, while you're at home. And um, our wearable monitors the... Uh, uh, Reps in their range of motion, and if you um, more statistics and valuable data that the physician um, often um, gets from the patient. And so the physical therapist is able to sign onto a web dashboard at uh, any time or any um, where, and uh, they're able to access this dashboard and see how the patient is doing and hold them accountable. Okay. So the patient themselves is able to view quantitative data and track their progress. So okay. you would be in the wearable tech slash medical device slice of the market. That's correct. Perfect. So that's that's where you ended up, and and you won. Congratulations. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Thanks. It's hard, right? I mean, it's hard to do that. Um, so, what was your original idea going in, and then give us one of the morphs and why it morphed. So the original from the very first pitch was actually a. It was a uh, sensor that would allow you to test uh, whether or not you had a concussion or not, uh, paired with the mobile application. Whether you had a concussion? <laughs> yeah, dramatically. Yeah, this is for the high school field. football market? Uh, and college and uh, the NFL with all of the problems going along, along with uh, concussion. I don't know, I think that one's still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I see why yeah. you guys started there. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so you walked in with... Okay, we can figure out. So you, you like the IoT market. Uh, can I? Where's our bell? Oh, 
I don't. It's gone. The bell's gone. So <laughs> I, I'm going to bing, bing myself. IoT is the Internet of Things. Okay. Okay. So it's uh, a friend of mine is the host of the IoT Inc. show. So I'm, I know what's going on over in that world. So, so what you're doing is you figure out how all of these sensors talk to one another and talk back to dashboards and they can be monitored and all of that. So you, and, and somehow you convinced a team of six or seven people during the pitch phase of Friday night at Startup Weekend to come on to your team, right? And so you, you get a mentor, you get financial, you get marketing, you get all of that. You go out on Saturday yeah. morning then to validate that. So I'm guessing you talk to a couple of football coaches, probably. Um, and what information did you get that caused you to pivot and why? Um, we did a lot of research. So on that Friday night, we kind of sent the whole team to kind of look on the Internet to check competitive analysis. And we found a lot of competitors in the space. And so we kind of believed that uh, throughout the weekend that it wouldn't be as successful um, in terms of kind of really winning the competition and winning that prize. So we decided to pivot uh, immediately. So one, so how, how long before startup weekend had you come up with this idea? Um, I believe a, a week earlier or the car ride there. I can't really remember. <laughs> in, in the car. Hey, we're going, Hey, Patrick, we're going to Startup Weekend. What do you think we should make? Uh, I don't know. How about retractable heels for girls? I, I want to say something that keeps me in the seat on a United Airlines flight. That's a protective, <laughs> some kind of airbag for myself. And I want head, a self-airbag. And headgear. Yeah, that's what I want. That, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you hadn't done, you hadn't given it a lot of thought. But you uh, No, not too much thought. Got it, because I'm thinking that right. like like preliminary Googling would have, figured that one out so so you did that you come back and go okay um what's what is it that uh, jerry garcia said don't be the best in the world at what you do be the only one in the world at what you do um so you figured out that you pivot then to what what's your next idea um so uh, our next idea was um something called squat sense squat um, what and basically squat sense Okay. And so the idea behind this um, kind of drew upon um, our previ previous experiences um, in the kind of athletic and uh, gym field because we're all pretty, pretty active people and we realized that um, when exercising and working out um, and doing squats in particular, um, sometimes having the incorrect form um, could lead to an injury. And so right. what we decided to come up with um, was a sleeve, a knee sleeve that you'd be able to put on. And um, when you're doing a squat, it would um, tell you whether you're doing the correct um, form or not in order for you to avoid an injury. So essentially the, the knee sleeve would be paired with an app. And as you um, do a squat, it'd probably give you kind of uh, like the, the angular range that you're at and right. it'd beep if you're going right. uh, down and, uh, you know, um, right, no, low enough, etc., etc. Yeah, I, I've been in and enough CrossFit competitions that they get no rep if they um, if they don't squat uh, correctly. So, okay, so exactly. that's an interesting, yeah. in, interesting, uh, and uh, 
pretty narrow market, uh, but you went out and validated that. And then what was the, the feedback that you got that said, mm, that's not going to work? So we uh, essentially found out, I mean, we kind of tailored it to a consumer product and people um, kind of loved it. Uh, and then we kind of needed a, a beachhead market. So we kind of pivoted a little bit from there because um, – why did we pivot? Actually, um, so so yeah. <laughs> <That was a laughs> <long time. laughs> um, I, I think I, I can recall. Um, so after getting great feedback from uh, tons of people at gyms and people who work out, um, there was there was kind of a discrepancy in terms of how much they pay for it, which wasn't too much of the problem. But uh, as we got closer to um, presenting on Sunday, we kind of realized two things. One, there isn't currently a need for that in the market, and so it kind of makes it a, a little harder to market. Um, and secondly, there, there was um, also an existing um, company that had something similar, but hasn't, they, they hadn't really um, kind of commercialized it and uh, marketed it to, to a point where it was specific for that use. But essentially, it was the same um, um, product or idea uh, of kind of a knee brace slash knee free, um that would be able to monitor uh, what we were trying to monitor. So, so after that, and this was um, pretty much, I believe it was Sunday morning, which we figured this out. Um, and so we kind of had a little bit of a crisis. And, yeah, a little bit. And we were very close to, <laughs> we were very close to kind of uh, throwing in the town, going home. Um, but fortunately, uh, one of the mentors came over and and uh, shed some light on the fact that you know a solution can be used in in many different ways, and so we kind of uh, became aware of of the use of instead of preventing injury, we can help in rehabilitation, um, and then it just kind of clicked from then, and so it kind of it, it evolved, and um, so kind of the same product um, at that point. But we've figured that we would apply the use case to um, the medical field where there's more of a need than, than a want. Tell, tell us more about how that mentor stepped in. Was that because you said we, I didn't know there were mentors there. And then how, how does the mentor kind of realize you might be in peril? Or, how, you know, like what's the, what's the kind of the mechanism for triggering the mentor to step in and say, hey, you're OK. Here's, you know, or whatever they, they're going to say. Definitely. So, I mean, there's mentors throughout the whole weekend in terms of, I mean, um, technology, market, financial, um, et cetera. Uh, throughout the weekend, you can ask them. Um, in our current situation, uh, at that point in time, we were kind of destroyed. We were ready to pack up, quit, leave, because we only had like two or three hours to get this whole presentation that we spent all night doing. And so after we went through kind of a, a run through through our kind of like it was like a mock judge panel, they just destroyed us. They destroyed us. And so we were like, forget this. Like it's just a weekend. We're facing all these MBs um, and all of just a high caliber of uh, individuals in the room. And so we thought it wasn't going to be worth it to even pitch and embarrass ourselves. So uh, when the mentor came by, it is. He, by uh, the way, it is always worth embarrassing yourself. Always, it's always worth. <laughs> <laughs> very good point. Yeah, very good point. And uh, uh, so he actually came by. Uh, I think he was the 
uh, founder of B Solve It, but uh, I can't I can't recall. Um, but he has essentially just you know motivated us that um, there's other ways for revenue streams and there's other ways to differentiate yourself in the market and kind of took a look at our solution and gave a few ideas and we started doing research and we got re-motivated and spent the next three hours re-cranking the whole new pitch deck, which was uh, all fun in itself. <laughs> so so I, I love this idea. I had shoulder surgery about five years ago and doctor doctor says, oh, you'll be back to work in two and a half days. I'm like, okay. He left out the part, oh, but you'll be in a sling and need five months of uh, rehab. <laughs> and I'm curious, because <laughs> the kind of things I had to do was all stretching related kind of stuff. What kind of device would actually tell my PT that I was actually stretching? I mean, I could see, yes, he was upright, <laughs> but how, how does your device figure that kind of stuff out? <laughs> Quick, tell us exactly all of your proprietary information. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's breaking up just a little bit, but um, from what I heard, um, it's pretty much uh, how our device um, can monitor compliance and, yeah, and that there you person go. is doing the exercises and stretches. Is, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Okay, perfect. Um, so pretty much um, similar to... A wearable such as you know the Apple Watch or Fitbit. Um, when you wear one of these um, kind of like wearables on on your wrist or possibly another part of your body, they have um, accelerometers sure. and a few other sensors in them that um, allow you to detect kind of just movement. So we have um, different algorithms that can detect uh, different exercises and different um, movements. And while you do these movements, it's able to pick up, you know, a, a range of things um, and, and statistics that pretty much the physical therapist or physician would be able to monitor if they were in uh, the office and they, they were doing uh, these exercises and stretches with you manually. Um, so we're able to, to use um, the technology that's already out there to, uh, for the solution. And how, so, so what, time of year was it that you won? What month was it? Uh, I believe it was March. March 13th. Uh, to, to be oddly specific. Um, okay, so that was exactly, uh, you know, uh, 11 months ago. and uh, 13 months ago. Excuse me, that's right. See, it's math. It's about, I, see, I wouldn't have passed our initial test. It's my art school education. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 13 months ago. Um, so... How much money did you guys win? Uh, we won $10,000 oh. um, in prize money, and uh, we were given a few in-kind prizes also. What kind of in-kind prize <laughs> would help you in your business? Mark's um, very interested in certain, prizes. Certain things such as uh, free you know, consultation with an accountant. Oh, good. Consultation yeah. with a lawyer. Um, oh, nice. Other things are business-related. Yeah, no, that's great. That's up. That's uh, great. They pay for your business entity. And so now uh, you guys. Application. And so you guys are incorporated as Rep Watch Tech. And you've got a repwatchtech.com. So, and you've got stories. How big's the team? So currently, um, we have a team of about eight. Um, 
We have uh, three co-founders, uh, but we've brought on um, a few members to help further and, and pretty much help advance um, our technology. So it, things have been going well in the past year. There was a huge learning curve, but um, yeah, we made some excellent progress. And uh, it definitely added some uh, some great people to the team to help make Red, Red Portra success. Can you can you guys talk to us about this idea of you you spend a weekend generating an idea and then you spend you know an unlimited amount of the rest of your year working on that idea? Like does does that feel like a like that's a that's a pretty big gamble to 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 be making? Uh, how did that feel when you first made that decision of like okay we've won this contest do we keep going? Hmm. Definitely, uh, definitely, it's a definitely a big jump. I believe the statistic is that. Only two percent of teams stay together after startup weekend, which um, sounds that actually sounds yeah. logical. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Is that two percent uh, of winning? Excuse me, is that two percent of winning teams? Um, I think it's uh, overall actually, because uh, sometimes a team that comes second place may not. Uh, I'm familiar may, with a couple. May not have received you know a, a prize or, or anything or that recognition, but they believe they have a good thing going and right. so it, it kind of continues. Okay. Okay. So keep going with with that answer. How how you keep going? Where was that? Um, well, I think it had to do a lot with our team. We as a team like each other as co-founders. Okay. Uh, uh, got along well together and uh, really believed in the idea. And then also the infrastructure that uh, Ventura County provided for uh, our specific startup weekend. So we were able to have the tools and resources and didn't really have to like quit our jobs essentially or quit everything and stop what we were doing. We were able to kind of uh, ease our way in and uh, continue on, which is perfect. And I think they realized that and they're able to you're starting to see a lot more startup weekends take the same platform. Are you all full-time now? Yes. Yes, we are. And are you still pre-revenue or have you sold something? Uh, we're still pre-revenue for now. And uh, this is... I mean, Mark, it sounds like you're trying to figure out if you want to make an investment. Is that what's uh, happening here? <laughs> well, it's, just, it's, it's curious how, I mean... 10k does not go very far guys how how are you you know keeping the lights on yeah that's that's a very good point um and so validation was pretty much our main goal um in the beginning and so it doesn't take too much money to pretty much go out and speak to your customer or speak to your uh, potential end user and so we focused we spent months on getting that validation we've interviewed over 100 psychotherapists um, around the Geo County and some in LA. Um, we've done tons of research because we wanted to ensure that our solution was was um, exactly what was needed yep. uh, in the industry. And so that, that um, took up a lot of our time and we're very frugal with our uh, cash as entrepreneurs. Uh, so we're able to bootstrap a lot. And uh, it's kind of surprising. I think starting with Start Weekend is probably one of the best ways to start a business because of the fact that it shows you how much you can really get done in just 54 hours. So if you take that work ethic and um, that the principles of Start Weekend and apply that to um, your business throughout the year, it's it's amazing what you can do with only $10,000. John's also forgetting one piece. <laughs> throughout the course of the year, we probably won about 
$45,000 worth of uh, other prize money and in-kind prizes. Oh. So that's another resource that we've chosen to exhaust um, in terms of uh, getting funding without actually giving up equity. We're able to uh, apply to other competitions um, with our idea, and um, we've, been able, we've been fortunate to win some other in-kind prizes and cash. So we're currently just self-funded. Now, so you guys recently graduated from Cal Lutheran, right? Uh, correct. And uh, we're, we we graduated in about thirty days, twenty nine days. Okay. So your pre, <laughs> your pre graduation, we'll call that. Uh, um, what are your majors in? I mean, is is this in line or aligned with what you studied, or is this a, a left turn for you? So I, I wouldn't say it's uh, a left turn because it's completely aligned with our, our prior experiences and our passion. Um, for example, we've all experienced physical therapy, um, which is one of the reasons we chose to um, tailor our solution for this market. Um, but in terms of majors, uh, my major personally is economics and psychology. I'm a double major. And Rob, uh, I'm a finance major. And uh, our other co-founder, um, Alexis Shoma, um, majored in business and marketing. Okay, so we don't have a tech person here. How are you managing your tech? So um, at first, it wasn't too much of a struggle because of the fact that um, you know, being millennials, it's <laughs> It's kind of like everyone's a tech person these days, that uh, is even a, without being officially a tech person. That is the first time so, I've ever heard a millennial call themselves a millennial. Exactly. <laughs> Very impressive. Exactly. Well <laughs> my played. Boss, my, yeah. <laughs> Rob Stone. Well, I, I think it's important to be very aware of uh, yeah, of yeah. myself, and, and and we know we we know uh, pretty much that we're millennials, and so we definitely use that to our advantage. Oh, smart as but, um, as, as a millennial then, would. <laughs> what was the um, in 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 this last year? What would you say was the biggest surprise? I mean, there's a lot of surprises. I mean, kind of every stone you turn is is new. But what was the biggest surprise? That, that's a tough one. I'm gonna have to think about that. I don't I don't know if Rob has an answer. Biggest surprise would be, um, <laughs> um. I think the biggest surprise uh, was definitely, uh, I think self-growth was the biggest one for me. I think I was surprised how uh, once we started getting traction in terms of just the customer validation phase with physical therapists, I mean, um, how easy it was for me to uh, talk to uh, our customer in terms of physical therapists. I mean, they, the typical... T- uh, I guess the view of a physical therapist can be kind of scary because, I mean, they're on the clock, they're on the time, their time is money. Um, and so uh, these people who are very smart um, were willing and open to talk to us and uh, loved our idea and actually uh, flopped over our solution uh, when we were presented to them. And so I thought that was kind of the biggest uh, surprise in, in terms of how many people I was able to talk to within, you know, a couple 24 hours and um, validate that our solution worked as well as find out other problems or solutions that we could add to our current solution. So I think that was kind of the biggest surprise overall, um, as well as how many competitions there are across the United States uh, to win prize money. 
um, and not having to give up equity in your company and go straight to fundraising around um, rather just kind of entering, you know, validating your idea works and working on your presentation for when you do have to go to VCs and you can gain, get some cash and stay bootstrapped for as long as you need to be essentially. When do you predict your um, product hits the market? Uh, oof. Uh, I, I you can give say, me a broad um, range, like you know, yeah, 2018. We'd say between between uh, the end of this year and uh, the first quarter of 2018. Okay. I'd say. Okay. Um, but we will be launching our beta program in uh, about a month and a half. Oh, okay. So, so an exciting time for us. So, if there were a physical therapist out there that wanted to sign up with your beta, what would how, what would the the tactic for that be? What would the um, steps? So they. That would be perfect. So they should go to uh, repwatchtech.com and go to the contact us page and just fill out the uh, form with their uh, name and email address. So the other, the other thing uh, that um, Alan, who's listening right now, uh, thinking about going to be a mentor if there's a startup weekend that focuses on photonics, uh, <laughs> is um, he... he we love to talk about dragons on the show. Like there's, you know, in every great story, there's a dragon somewhere. It might be obvious dragon or one that swoops in that you were not aware of. What big dragon are you guys, I mean, I, I'm guessing there's a whole room of them, but what's the biggest dragon right now <laughs> for you guys? Oh, um, the biggest dragon for us right now. Um, I would say... <laughs> yeah. That, okay. So there's, there's probably a couple. One is definitely school. Um, oh. So being a young entrepreneur um, that is still in school can be kind of tough because there's there's a lot to to juggle at once. Um, because on the one hand, you you know there's a million things you want to do with your business and a million um, kind of solutions you need to come up with because there's everyday problems in a startup which, you know, it's kind of half the fun, but um, it's not so fun when you have assignments due at midnight and you have midterms to study for when, you know, you have business to take care of. So I'd say that's um, one of the biggest ones. Um, but another one that, that I kind of have to mention is um, kind of gaining that, that level of respect as a young entrepreneur. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the hardest because of the fact that when you enter an industry that, you know, you're not the typical expert in, or you don't have that master's or PhD in that field, um, it's almost as if, you know, you kind of have to prove how credible you are. Um, and so it's, it's been definitely a learning curve for us because after all of the research we've done and all the validation we've gotten, we, we, we're slowly getting there. But, you know, it's difficult to break into an old industry such as the medical field and have decision makers who are, you know, 50, 60 years plus with tons of experience listen to someone who's 21 or 22 um, and, and actually take their advice or their expertise. Um, so I'd say those are probably the two biggest dragons we're currently facing. As, as I'm listening to that, if I were mentoring you guys, I would play that millennial card I got you have a whole you got four aces right there because you're younger, you're smarter, 
you're, you know what the word IOT even means, uh, that the 56-year-old <laughs> probably has no idea what that is. Uh, you're involved in fitness. I mean, you've got every card is being the good cards you're holding, the experience card. No one's done this stuff yet, so no one knows. So no one can come up and say, oh, no, that's not how you do it, you know, that's full stop. Um, I, I believe you guys show up with a level of certainty in your solution and your ability to craft that solution into a viable business that has a sustainable future and an eventual exit, the more certain you are, take age off the table. Do not, do not let that, don't let that be a story you tell yourself because that's a, a story of resistance. You'll resist finding your own power in that. So, you, mm. you, you know, right now, that, that, that is to your advantage. So don't ever walk into a room, of, a, a sea of gray hairs and worry about it. You, you have the advantage, just saying, okay? <laughs> Thank you very much for that perspective. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, you know, okay, so you haven't done it. So what? <laughs> who, care, who cares? It doesn't matter. Is this a good solution? Do you have a good plan? Yeah. Do you have a good model? Do you have a path to success? Have you, have you asked yourself all the questions that need to be asked so that if anybody asks a question, you have an answer chambered, period. Um, uh, Patrick, I, uh, as you know, I've started a new show uh, called Hacking the Red Circle, and I'm talking to organizers. I'm a subscriber. You are, thank you. Uh, but I, I listened to this guy in Finland, and I think this might help you guys. So we're familiar with the concept of a post-mortem, right? After we've done some activity, we, we go back and look and see what we did, what we could do better. He introduced an idea yep. that I'd not heard of called a pre-mortem, which are, you ask yourself, what are all the things that could go wrong? So I'm always mm. about visualizing success. I'm going to think about, I'm going to go into that meeting with the VCs. I'm going to say this and they're going to do this and we're going to walk out and it's going to, I mean, it's all about visualizing success. The pre-mortem says, no, it's going to fall apart. Everything that will go wrong, can go wrong, will go wrong. And then you mitigate against all of those mm. things. So I would suggest that you do a pre-mortem. And, and I'm actually, I'm, since I just heard about this last week, I'm kind of studying up on them. It's a really, it's, it's antithetical to the way I think about life in terms of visualizing success, but like looking at what could go wrong and then mitigating is a good idea. Yeah, I think you guys are onto something here and We'd love to hear back from you. Um, I'd, I'd love to interview your first customer, actually. Because <laughs> uh, that's always, I mean, that's the, the proof is in when someone will, you know, plop down the dollars to do um, what you're going to do. The other thing is, because um, I read your website, and insurance companies are a part of this ecosystem, correct? That is correct. And so Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services is, uh, one of our partners, they're actually uh, partners with the university as well. Um, if you'd like us to help set up a, a, a meeting with those guys so that you could get a perspective from them, we'd love to help you. Oh, that, that would be wonderful, and we really appreciate it. But um, we, we have already spoken to um, Greg Vanette, who oh, perfect. Uh, I believe is the uh, <clears throat> managing director there at the moment. So. Yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. But oh. I, you know, we've definitely been been out in the field and been talking to as many people as possible. Wonderful. Well, you guys, uh, we're 
I love hearing these stories. Um, we have folks on all the time that are, we'll say, pre-revenue, and we have a lot of post-revenue folks on too. So it's, I think it encourages us. Um, for, for those of you who are interested in hanging out with these kinds of people, uh, look up Startup Weekend in the Google and find one near you. I mean, they're, I think they're international as well. And just go, even they if you just go, yeah, yeah. And, and go on the Friday night and um, if you've got some kind of expertise that you can bring to bear, you know, you may get caught up in the moment and say, well, I, I know how to help in marketing strategy or, or whatever it is. Go and do that. So, guys, uh, give us the website again, please. So the website is repwatchtech.com. Perfect. And thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, congratulations and on making Also, oh, I just yes, sure. I, I just wanted to mention one more thing. We actually, uh, in terms of, I mean, we didn't know you were going to really uh, mention a, a lot about Startup Weekend, but we actually have a book that we uh, we wrote oh, uh, yeah. and published, uh, and actually this next coming week, um, called How to Win Startup Weekend. Um, <laughs> that's called burying. I mean, uh, that's called burying of, the lead, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> How to so, win uh, startup yeah. weekend? Oh my gosh! Well, that's your business, guys. You go on the road teaching people. You could probably make some. You could probably make enough money to fund uh, the project you're doing just on that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Guys. So we found out we were the first. We were the first seed-funded startup weekend uh, winners. Um, that is a true fact. And so uh, we thought we might as well take down our story. Uh, it was fun time during the summer and uh so it's finally being published i love the it millennial generation yeah <laughs> yeah bingo that's the um our operative word for the day so um and can i get that when it comes out can we get it on amazon uh, yes you can yeah perfect so we can go and so if everybody who hears this show goes and does a pre-order on amazon then it'll be an amazon bestseller before it even ships so there you go let's help these guys out oh perfect Perfect. Thank well, you. you guys, thank you so much. The um, the very last part of the show is where we uh, we get to put a title on the show, and I think the title is "How to Win Startup Weekend." Patrick, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, right. There's no. Re- let's just let's not pivot away from that. Let's just call that the right. The right nice, nice, <laughs> call, nice callback. So, hey, thanks, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Um, I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. If you're interested in partnering with us, send us a note to partner at 805connect.com. So, Patrick, as someone who's listened through to this part of the show, how could they help us? Well, obviously, uh, you know, support our guests. Always uh, always look for opportunities to support our guests. But rate, write, review. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Uh, give us the information that we uh, desperately, obviously, have, have not understood about our own show. <laughs> and uh, let, let us in on the secret of, of what you like about this show. And... Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Just, just sup- let us know about this show, and also, uh, you know, go go chase Mark Sylvester down to Hacking the Red Circle. Uh, it's a very good podcast. I was I was telling him this morning how much I like his opening on that show. It's really great. Yay! It is. That is, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's very fun. I love I love what I do. I love talking to people and learning about their dragons. Actually, so I would love to hear from you if you've got questions or an idea for a guest for an upcoming show. This. 
um, our in, in the entire slate comes from suggestions from you folks, and uh, we deeply appreciate that. So drop me a line at mark at 805connect.com. Thanks so much. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs>